Welcome to the club. Uh, this is meeting 167 and today is the 16th of November 2023. The main topic is um, C++ committee meeting in Kona, uh, which took place last week. And there are quite a few news. This was the, the second meeting dedicated to C++26. And uh, the, the, that release is going to be a big one, looks like. There's still uh, quite a few meetings that will work on the features before the feature freeze, so I'm kind of hopeful for more uh, big uh, features in C++26, but uh, the stuff that's already been approved is, uh, is good. Let's see, uh, this is the meeting report by Inbal Levy, and her uh, reports are pretty thorough. Uh, the meeting was hybrid, 20% um, of attendees were remote, and um, hopefully it'll continue to work okay. So the main features were uh, the plan for C++ 26 ranges, P27.6, 60. Uh, we discussed it previously and it's it's quite a, an extensive uh, to-do list. So that's fine. Uh, the free function linear algebra interface has been approved for C++26. So that's a biggie. It's P1673. And uh, people are uh, saying that it should be in the standard and um, there are always libraries, but many others say that it's good to have this kind of functionality in the standard. Now this one we've seen before and I'm glad that it got approved. It's pack indexing and this paper uh, basically makes it possible to refer to uh, the template pack members and uh, values by index, which should simplify uh, the template metaprogramming uh, chores. I, I think I need any help I can get uh, with template metaprogramming. I'm very glad that uh, somebody's trying to make it simpler. Yeah, S uh, someone like always, uh, like it always happens, some some people said that uh, it's not necessary and we have all these workarounds, but I think this is very good. My this... brain is very small. Uh, I need <laughs> uh, I need this place. <laughs> yeah. Debugging support was approved. Uh, this is P2546 and it adds several functions like um, is debugger present? A breakpoint, those are the functions that um, can be useful during debugging. So yeah, that's a good addition. Seems like a nice to have, probably wasn't too controversial. Because yeah. uh, all compilers had um, compiler-specific functionality like that, and uh, it, it'd be good to standardize it. So that's going to be in. Um, support for runtime format strings, this is a part of the STD format um, facility that um, stems from the excellent FMT library. So that's always good. Now, language progress. The review uh, uses emojis to signify the outcome of a discussion on a particular paper. Like a consensus to stop work is thumbs down. Thumbs up is advance the paper to core or other groups. Targeting Civil Fast 26, the recycling emoji is consensus to continue work in UG. Um, the crossed circle uh, is the issue is not a defect. And um, yeah, so that's convenient. There's a whole section of papers destined to make C hurt less. That's always good. Um, type of and type of un unqualified. I hadn't looked into it. This is by Jean-Hide Menid. Right, I think I saw that 
that wasn't approved because I think the reason was we already have it, like that meme, we already have type of at home. And uh, this is something that C didn't have, and now it has it, and C++ had it for a long time, so I don't know. The other I wanted to look at. Was it the erroneous behavior one? Yes, yes. Uh, P2795, erroneous behavior for uninitialized reads. They did say explicitly that it's a different way of addressing the issue from the paper about zero initialization. So they are looking at those papers sort of together. And the comment says, erroneous behavior is a promising way to make UB hurt less. That said, there are significant wording issues in core. This paper introduces the concept of erroneous behavior and uses it in one location. Um, so I think they want to continue working on this and that's, that's good, basically. So they will have to address the issues um, of conflict between those two papers, but I think uh, we might even get it. I think it it kind of is having a meteoric uh, rise. I've seen it uh, when you presented it last time, and I have never heard of it before, and uh, people like it. I didn't like it at the beginning. Now I am kind of for it. Uh, even the committee starts to like uh, is starting to like it. Uh, look at this paper, P twenty nine seventy three. Erroneous behavior for missing return from assignment that we discussed the uh, last time. The comment says this is the second application of EB. There was a discussion on making missing returns ill formed instead, but the committee was interested in using EB for this instead. So yeah, they they must be seeing the advantages. That's I mean, it, this small idea planted a seed in uh, people's idea and people's yeah. brain, and uh, I think it's maybe gonna flower. Yeah, it's like, oh, we didn't even know that there was this way of solving UB. Trivial infinite loops are not undefined behavior. P2809 proceeded to core, and the way they solved it was a bit unexpected, but I guess that's that makes sense. If you didn't want to make an infinite loop a special case. So now I think they added uh, two bullet points to the uh, wording, the language wording. Under the section, the implementation may assume that any thread will eventually do one of the following. So the first added bullet point is call a function marked no return. And the second one, call this thread colon colon yield. So that would mean that this never returns, I guess, and uh, it just loops infinitely. Uh, there was another a function, uh, std colon colon this underscore thread colon colon yield underscore forever. Mm, good name, unambiguous. So the proposed change would be instead of writing while true uh, or uh, the four with two semicolons. Uh, which is currently undefined behavior, you would write std this thread yield, uh, what is it, um, yield forever. Mm, yeah, that's fine. Right. Ah, this one, implication for C++. Remember that, uh, P2971? Walter Brown. Walter Brown's document. Uh, paper received thumbs down. It says there was a mild opposition and many neutrals, but also significant interest from a small but vocal set of people. 
it is expected that this paper will come back with stronger justification to increase consensus. And from the Reddit thread, I saw this quote. Okay, vocal minority, return with your next proposal, but just don't steal the arrow operator for your niche purpose, rather than something more valuable and common, like a terse lambda may, many have asked for, <laughs> and many more have asked for that, that have ever asked for implication. <sighs> yeah, but then what do you use for implication? I mean, that's... Uh... That is implication, you know, in a mathematical uh, sense. So, I mean, that's another problem. Yeah. First, you know, we need to agree that we want implications. And personally, you know, at the beginning, I, I, this is another one that I didn't like at the beginning and um, reading the paper, uh, Walter Brown being uh, uh, the scholar that he is uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, and uh, it could be useful in, uh, in several contexts. So, yeah. I mean, I don't care about the syntax, but uh, maybe one day we'll get it, hopefully. I have a feeling that had he chosen a different operator, it would have better been better received in the committee. But what operator could he have chosen? That's, uh, <laughs> that's another curiosity. Like, what, uh, what kind of arrow do you take? Well, it has, kind of has to be some sort of an arrow, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Maybe he'll think of something. Right. Uh, next. Um, there are lots of uh, ish, uh, papers that remove sharp edges, which is like, yeah. Uh, well, we won't go into each of those. Now for the features, again, features that make C++ nicer. Um, P1046 automatically generate more operators. The author wrote a new draft paper, automatically generate operator um, arrow, which narrows the scope of change and has strong support. Uh, the paper is by David Stone. And it says, the proposal follows the lead of operator uh, spaceship by generating rewrite rules if a particular operator does not exist in current code. All of these operators would support equals default and equals delete. And it basically rewrites all kinds of other operators that could be useful. But apparently that was too much for the committee. And uh, the new paper will only deal with the operator uh, how do you call it? What what do you call this? Operator arrow? arrow? Arrow operator, I guess. It's not like in direction or something, no? No, I don't know. No, I don't think so. This one's interesting. P1045, const expert function parameters. Uh, they said that they will need an updated paper for this. And it's by David Stone again. Um, so initially I thought, what would that give us? Uh, like declare a const text per parameter. But this is also for making template meta programming easier and bringing it closer to uh, normal programming. And this quote is very interesting. Uh, the section is called No Shadow Worlds. And it says, quote, Maltes Karuke wrote an article on language design and shadow worlds. Shadow worlds are parts of language which are segregated from the rest of the language. When you're stuck in the shadow language, you find yourself wanting to use the full power of the real language. C++ contains at least four general purpose languages, three of them shadow languages, regular C++, context for functions, templates, and macros. And uh, so this before and after section, just if if we look at this, it just this one paper just introducing context per function parameters results in so much uh, simplification. Like if you have a tuple instead of std get um, with index, 
you could just use subscript operator. Instead of writing std true type, you could write true. Instead of std integral constant int 24, you could just write 24 and so on. So yeah, that's, that was kind of a surprise for me. And um, yeah, it, it'd be interesting if it, it got adopted. It does look very nice, uh, this right column, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I wonder what are the, if there is some hidden implication that uh, <laughs> are gonna make some, something else explode. Uh, and I mean, it looks yeah. too good to be true, to be yes, honest. Yes, exactly, exactly. I'm sure the committee f will find some obstacle and maybe overcome it. Right, so this the whole section, there was a whole section on the undefined behavior, uh, which has a subtitle, remove it or at least document it. Uh, this paper, P2843, pre-processing is never undefined. Surveys all UB in the preprocessor and suggest solution for each. Apparently there's strong support for this work. So that's always good. Uh, there was another attempt at enumerating core undefined behavior and hopefully reviewing it. Uh, it's P1705. And um, yeah, they say it's a start to allow us to revisit what is UB. And the, ne the other paper, P2234, consider a UB and IFNDR audit. Maybe some of UB will become defined. So, I, and some of it may, may need uh, uh, the compiler to complain because uh, yeah, there yeah. is this no diagnostic required that it's also something that they're discussing on many uh, things. Yeah. So the plan for uh, the next meeting, which will uh, take place in Tokyo, uh, for Yuji is to continue improving C++, uh, focus on reflection, and prepare for focusing on contracts. Uh, we might get the delete should have a reason paper, P2573, which means that any error message that says uh, that a particular function was deleted uh, would now have a, an explanation for that. But um, is this something that uh, should have a reason? Does it mean that it must have a reason that would certainly break uh, present code? Mm, no, that's probably going to be optional, I, I would hope, because otherwise there'll be lots of breaks. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't do it otherwise. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, now, this one's interesting. P2826, replacement functions. Uh, I think we looked at it uh, before. It kind of stems from the absence of unified function call syntax. It's by Gash Parajman, and it's, uh, it introduces a way to redirect a function call to a different function without a forwarding layer. So we would just uh, say, if you have a function f, for example, and you would want another function g to forward to f, you would say, to g equals uh, ampersand f. So that's a very interesting core feature and I'd be curious how it progresses. Could be confusing, could be a little confusing. Yeah, yeah. The library had a, quite a few features approved and you will not believe this. Introduction of StudHive to the standard library had been approved after 24 revisions of the paper. I think that's a record. Is this the same person uh, uh, insisting about this? Uh, they didn't give up all these years. Uh, that's Matthew Bentley. He held, held fast and uh, held strong and <laughs> demonstrated incredible patience. He kept reviewing paper and adding features as requested to uh, by the committee and looks like it paid off. I mean, it's a very interesting container. I, uh, I'm i sure it, the name will cause a little bit of uh, uh, confusion, but uh, I mean, probably will find use for it. 
Now, interestingly, there was a paper P3001, Studhive and containers like it are not a good fit for the standard library. And that paper got rejected. <laughs> that was by wow. Jonathan Muller, Zach Lane, Bryce Lelbach, and David Sankel. And um, yeah, oh, those, are, those are very high profile uh, Indeed. Uh, people. And so, yeah, it is listed in the section not supported or needs revision. But I think if Hive has been approved, that ship has sailed. Right. Implication again. Ah, implication library part tentatively approved. So that was a that was a library part, apparently. Um yeah, uh we'll wait for the next revision to to review it. There were small fixes and deprecations and various kinds. Matt Bentley wrote two documents in support for this Hive proposal. One was called Outreach for Evidence of Container Style Use in the Industry, and the second one was Use of List in Open Source Code Bases. So, yeah. I mean, it does make a good point in those uh, papers that uh, people do write this kind of container, maybe slightly different variations, but a lot of uh, industries, they have some sort of container like that, where yeah. you have these blocks that uh, uh, looks like basically like a deck uh, on steroid. Um, yeah. It could be useful. I mean, and, uh, you know, even if I may not use it, uh, I'm not going to complain that it's around. No, I'm happy yeah. that uh, we have something else. An additional container. Uh, yeah. I like it. I mean, we have Valaray, and you know, nobody uses it. Uh, <laughs> you can, if you don't like it, you can just forget about it like Valaray. Yep. Uh, now, this paper, P2980, a motivation, scope, and plan for a physical quantities and units library. This is by. Mateusz Pusch and um, others. I think it's good that this proposal, uh, this paper was submitted. And I think the committee wants to, um, I think I saw some votes and there was strong consensus to continue working on it. So it sounds good, you know, yeah, a lot of scientists uh, use C++, you know, might as well give them uh, the tools. Uh, so. There are quite a few third-party libraries that do it, and um, yeah, it would make sense to have something like that in in the um, standard. So networking uh, met for one session to review the latest revision of senders receivers interface for networking. Uh, basically, notably, ah, that's interesting. Quote: Notably the group had a consensus in favor of supporting only the senders and receivers model for asynchronous operations and dropping the executors model from the networking TS. Rest in peace, networking TS. I Rest guess. in peace. So that means that ASIO in networking TS is gone. I think so. I mean, yeah. I, don't see, I don't see, I think at uh, this point, I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, I used ACO uh, a lot. I never really liked it that much, but it was the only game in town. It was fine. You know, I would have been happy to have that in the standard. We needed something in the standard. As long as we, I get something that is serviceable, I'm happy. Uh, I'm a bit upset that it is taking a lot of um, back and forth to, to get whatever in. Yeah. Chris Kolhoff, um the author of ASIO uh, demonstrated uh, angelic levels of patience dealing with uh, various uh, issues and rebasing networking TS on new developments. But I think he stopped doing that quite uh, recently. Understandably. And yeah, without him as a champion, it doesn't make sense to keep networking TS based on ASIO. Right. Um, now, reflection is back. 
Yay! Yay! Yay. I'm so happy. I was about to start a petition on change.org. <laughs> at, at last, it's it's moving forward. There's a document called Reflection for C++ 26 um, by uh, Wyatt Childers, Peter Dimov, Barry Revzin, Andrew Sutton, Faisal Valley, and David van de Vorde. Uh, I think Andrew Sutton was one of the initial champions for a reflection, and it's good to see his name back on a paper about it. And um, it says, quote, this is a proposal for a reduced initial set of features to support static reflection in C++. It might be a reduced set of features, but I am happy. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, basically, they um, decided to go with the value-based reflection instead of the uh, type-based reflection. There were two competing proposals, and they, they went with value-based. Uh, value a reflection operator will be a caret. Uh, there will be a number of constival metafunctions to work with the reflections. And uh, constructs called splices um, to produce grammatical elements from reflections. So it's like code generation and compile time, which is excellent. The syntax is weird. Uh, uh, it's enclosed within square brackets colon. And they say, this proposal is not intended to be the end game as far as reflection and compile time metaprogramming are concerned. Instead, we expect it will be a useful core around which more powerful features will be added incrementally over time. Yeah, so hooray. I'm, I'm really happy about it. Now, pattern matching, on the other hand, is still dead. And that's a pity. Yeah, I think uh, there is a table somewhere below, maybe in this uh, or in another post where it goes, uh, what is the optimistic overview and what is the pessimistic overview? And uh, and that was not in the optimistic overview. The pattern matching was uh, 2029. Yeah. yeah, that's this uh, table, the <clears throat> status of major C++ feature development. And it says pattern matching, no developments. Current target C plus plus twenty nine, optimistic same. To which maybe maybe it does have some dependencies on on something else that needs to get in. You know, uh, there were sure. several proposals that looked like stepping stones. Yeah, some some proposals that we discussed previously, but yeah, the the actual pattern matching is not progressing. Right, so contracts also got some developments. Um, SG21 approved the paper with a new contract syntax. And the new contract syntax is the, the natural one. The double square brackets are gone. Contract checks are now spelled like this. Pre uh, parenthesis, post parenthesis, and contracts assert, seriously, oh, that uh, I'm, I understand they couldn't use assert, obviously. And in the, um, in Herb Sutter's talk in CPPCon 23, he presented a, a slide about Timo Dumler running a code search to determine which of the potential assert names were not used in the existing code. And obviously things like check, expect, verify, ensure, and so on were widely used, so they couldn't use those. <laughs> I just, uh, <laughs> there are quite, quite a few weird ones, <laughs> let's say. <laughs> Uh, programmers like abbreviations, even they, if they don't make sense or sound bad. Um, so yeah, assert expra, cc assert, 
co-assert someone proposed, which would be like uh, super confusing. It would be. Yeah. <laughs> Contract assert, yeah. Contract assert without underscore. CPP assert, as opposed to just assert. Dynamic assert, that's also confusing. Stood assert with underscore, no. <laughs> anyway, it looks like they didn't have a really good option. And they could have made contract pre-contract post, but I guess that would be would have been too verbose. Anyway. Also doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yes, we got something, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going not going to sweat sweat over this. Uh, as long as we get contracts in 26, it's fine. Um, it's not like the rest of C naming is brilliant. Just look at coroutines. <laughs> but yeah, that's an interesting development. And if you remember the paper we looked at, which I thought was like uh, a wildcard unrelated paper that summarized everything, I now think that that paper was a sort of a draft of the final paper that like enclosed all other papers in development and provided sort of a uh, like a running total of everything contract related uh, at least that's that's my read so. right um, did I read it correctly that reddit is happy reddit is very happy about reflection <laughs> Someone posted, fuzzy feeling when I see progress being made on reflection. Peter Dimov says, I know, right? <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's nice. That, that's going to enable lots of interesting uh, possibilities. And someone says, keep at it, fellas. The, word, the world is waiting in anticipation. There's this grumpy dude which says, as if the language wasn't complicated enough, and in they got downvoted. <laughs> well, this guy is grumpy. It's worse than us. Someone says, someone replies, don't worry, people have been working on this for centuries. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> right. Um, there were three papers from the October mailing that I wanted to look at briefly. Uh, the first one was by Steve Downey. It's P2988. Revision Zero, and and Peter Summerlad is also co-author. It's std optional of tref, which is they really went there. They must be really brave, because that was the only thing that never got any consensus. Because of the assignment thing, if you remember, part part of the committee wanted assignment to be resetting of the optional and part was of the opinion that assigning to an optional of tref would transparently modify the uh, the value that was ref the the value that was referenced uh, quote we propose to fix a hole intentionally left instead optional an optional over a reference such that the post condition of on assignment is independent of the engaged state, always producing a rebound reference. And assigning a U to a T is disallowed by static assert if a U cannot be bound to a T ref. So uh, the example is of a function find, find cat with a name which returns a pointer that can be null and this traditional way is if if cat uh, is null is not null then you do something with uh, with the dereferenced cat and after this you would say stadoptional of cat ref cat equals find cat which would give you either an empty optional or a reference to a cat that was found and that would enable you to call uh, a member function of the stadoptional of stadoptional, and then 
So you would just say cat dot and then do it, which would automatically deal with the empty optional. So this proposal also adds and then? No, I think that's already in. It's already in. Yeah, that's. I, uh, that. I think that's even in C plus plus twenty three. We didn't get it those just... for uh, std expected, but we did get those for std optional, as far as I can remember, in std in C plus plus twenty three. If you forgive me for saying this, I would have expected in std expected. <laughs> I would not have expected in optional. <laughs> I think they were just late for the train. Uh, now, uh, the next one is, we've seen that before. It's called Unified Function Call Syntax. It's by Herb Satter, who also it demonstrates his bravery here because UFCS, Unified Function Call Syntax, had been discussed lots of times. And I think it was like abandoned because no one, uh, they decided that it was a dead end and there wouldn't ever be agreement on this. And there now, is a lot of people that, uh, uh, yes, I don't know if you want to say that. Yeah, some people are actually for it, but it's, please go on. It's very difficult to, uh, it would have been very difficult to implement as as it was proposed. Mm -hmm. But Habsata here proposes something close, but not the entire thing. Much like uh, Reflection, it's a workable solution that would improve life of C++ developers, but not uh, entirely in the way that was discussed previously. So in the abstract, he says, the lack of single call syntax that can call both member and non-member functions causes real problems in C++. And he precedes this with uh, the phrase, we have new information since the previous discussion. And then he says, it makes writing generic code harder and makes libraries harder to use and compose. It makes tools such as IDE autocomplete less useful for C++ code because they work well for uh, the member function syntax, but not for the non-member function syntax. And then he lists new points. It continues to lead to workarounds, including in the standard library, such as Overloading operator pipe for ranges. That's mean he didn't like the operator uh, pipe override syntax. Um, I think he's just saying that it would have been unnecessary if we had UFCS. How would it look like if you have to pipe uh, ranges into other ranges? Um, I think it would be just dots, lots of dots, dot calls. Um, the quote continues, or providing non-member versions of a limited set of common functions that cannot be made members on built-in types, such as arrays, like std-begin. Another new point, it continues to lead to repeated language evolution proposals for narrow features, such as like extension methods, and uh, the other papers currently proposing operator pipe greater than which sort of looks like an arrow if you squint enough. Yeah. What was that for? Was this a massive sort of arrow? That was exactly for the surrogate um, fun universal function call. Because the composition of yeah, functions. Yeah. So it was by Colby Pike and right. Barry Revzin, and it was called a pipeline rewrite operator, mm -hmm. which um, sort of provide would provide you with pipeline-like uh, function calls. Right which was implemented by using pipe operator for ranges. So that's another workaround that does the same thing, only with a different operator. And the third new point, he says, these workarounds and language evolution proposals would not be needed if x.f call could call f of x. By being inherently left to write workarounds and proposals, the new experience information provides further evidence of which current call syntax is important to make UFCS capable. And here is a zinger. An experimental implementation of this proposal is available in the CPP front compiler. 
Of course. So, yeah, we'll we'll discuss that later. But um, this, I think, is undeniably a good thing that he can show his work and prove that this actually helps. Um, basically, this says that member style function call would find non-member functions, but not vice versa. The previous UFCS proposal did it in both directions, I think. So if you called a free function and a member function was available with the same sort of functionality and signature, it would find it and call the member function. This will not be in this proposal because it's it's probably too disruptive. And I think that was one of the reasons, at least, that the, the uh, initial proposal didn't uh, go well. But this one, I think it's if it succeeds, this would be really good. I mean, it would make it, I think, more difficult to, to actually sometimes understand uh, what is going on if somebody introduces some extra function that would then be automatically called. Uh, yeah, it would add another implied behavior to uh, implicit yeah. implicit behavior to C++. Indeed, more... Um, uh, I mean, it would be more, more difficult for us humans to, to understand exactly what's going on. But I do recognize that uh, for genetic programming, that would be a blessing. Um, so that said, you know, I, under I understand both sides of the argument. I'm not sure what personally I would um, um, argue for here. I know very smart people arguing for it. So there must be good reasons. Yeah. Um, I've read skating papers against uh, which also makes sense. So it's a tough one. I think Biana was the uh, the one pro who proposed the initial UFCS, um, and I think he did say at some point that uh, basically there's no way it's gonna pass. So it'd be interesting what what he says about this one. And the next paper I was I looked at was C plus plus should be C plus plus by David Sankel. P3023. And that's an interesting one. It's like um, a bit of a rant, I'd say. Quote, over the past few years, the C++ community has dealt with scandals, calls for a so-called successor, and threats of anti-C++ safety regulations. All this is on top of the ordinary committee stress of competing designs and harsh prioritization. In a time like this, it's easy to dwell on our troubles or take fiercely defensive positions. This paper reframes the unconstructive narratives and argues that the committee's real opportunity is to improve people's lives. will show how this outlook leads to guidance on committee participation, direction, and responsibilities. End quote. Um, uh, this paper is ha harsh. But I liked the overall message. I invite you to read it in full. It's pretty short. <laughs> and uh, there were quite, um, quite interesting paragraphs, like the social aspect. People use C++ to define their personal identity and purpose. Resulting emotional baggage makes reasoned discussion difficult. I think that's very true. If you feel territorial about uh, whatever you do, your code or your proposals, then it's really hard to move from that position, even yeah. if it doesn't make sense. And this is this applies in uh, in uh, all sorts of uh, fanboyism. And, exactly. Uh, whenever you have exactly. feelings uh, reign over logic, then obviously reason won't apply and won't sway any one's mind. Another bullet point, he says, tribalism creates skepticism of outgroups. Good ideas are rejected on the basis of where they came from. And the takeaway is, quote, being part of C++ is not a vehicle for life fulfillment. That's a bit harsh. I think for many people, it's a valid uh, life goal to improve C++. But 
maybe um, I mean, it's worth thinking of dialing this down a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you can get fulfillment out of this, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is a. I like this paper point of view. Is um, trying to get back to a more recent discussion, and, and uh, yeah, I think you know um, the community could benefit from listening to these kind of arguments a little bit more. Yeah. So yeah, he raises uh, lots of very good points and uh, I invite you to read this document. Now, really quickly, there was a video of Bjarne Strostrup delivering safe C++ in CppCon 2023. It's, a, it's an updated uh, talk uh, that we discussed previously. So uh, it's, I think it's the latest version now. And also there was a document uh, that I think was discussed in uh, Kona by Bjarne called Concrete Suggestions for Initial Profiles, uh, where he outlines what his focus on type safety would result um, as a way of defining new safety profiles and which ones he thinks should be the initial ones. Now, this video of Herb Sata uh, on um, CPP2 in CPPCon 2023. I have words about it. I mean, we've just seen that CPP2 can be really useful in driving C++ forward. But the way it presents it, I'm not a fan, to be honest. And of course, who am I to criticize? I just, uh, I, I don't do anything, I just criticize. But still, um, there's a, uh, a follow-up post on, on Herb's blog, and he says, safety for C++, 50 times more safety for C++, 10 times more simplicity for C++. Round numbers and slogans are a red flag for me. They usually don't mean anything. In the beginning of the talk, he asked the audience, how many of you would be interested in seeing C++ get significantly simpler and type memory safer? It's a, it's a bit of a low trick. I wouldn't imagine anyone be against that. So I'm not a fan of this, this style of presentation. Yeah, because then it sounds like you're, you're not against yeah, you're uh, his idea. You're, you're against making things simpler yeah. and uh, Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Especially given that Herb's solution is not actually C++. He invoked the Beatles song again. All you need is class. Ah, uh, no. Then he repeats again, this is 100% C++. And then proceeds to show non-C++ code. Often invoking, invoking Bjarne's name. Was it for validation? Yeah, it does. He does, as Bjarne says. As Bjarne did with his C front, so I did with CPP front. Uh, he also says that Swift is a TypeScript for Objective-C, which is, you would have to squint really hard to come to that conclusion. Again, he says that it's just a personal experiment and it, it's fine. But then he tells the audience that the TypeScript way, or CPP2, is the only way forward for C++. Because people say that gradual evolution is not enough, and we can't break compatibility like Python 3 did. So this solution, my solution, is the only one that's possible. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm so pessimistic and and cynical. I shouldn't be probably. Uh, for all I know, CPP two could be our future, or it could be a way to trailblaze new C plus plus features like UFCS, for which I'm really grateful to to Herb. But to me, this whole talk feels like an ad, and that's I don't like this style. Agreed. Um. Reddit says, quote, Strostrup's keynote, specifically the last point in the slide, where it mentions that successor languages are welcome, 
but they are not C++, is relevant here. No matter how much you try and sugarcoat it as TypeScript for C++. So, yeah, I'm kind of glad it progresses and I'm curious to see the progress, but to frame it as the only way forward to C for C++ is a bit disingenuous, I think. Almost out of time, and I'll leave with this interesting uh, thing that I found. Someone, po Omar Shahin, posted, I think it was back when Twitter was a thing, quote, I came across this great document at Microsoft on how to answer the question, how are you doing? I like a structured way to share this. And the document says, it uses emoji to indicate your status, mental, mental status. Uh, the sun emoji, normal capacity, focus, and or well-being. Partly cloudy, slightly reduced capacity, focus, and or well-being. Cloudy, significantly reduced capacity, focus, and well-being. Storm, severely reduced capacity, focus, and well-being. And a fried egg emoji, temporarily offline to replenish my capacity, focus, and well-being. So, as we all need to care about our mental state and our jobs can be very stressful and taxing, I thought that was a good way to indicate, even to yourself, um, to like take stock of uh, how how you're feeling today. So yeah, yeah. yeah I, I thought that was very good. Of course, the proper British way to reply to this question is, "I'm all right, thanks." Or yes, yourself without even listening to what the <laughs> other person said. Yep. Cool. So that's it for today. Thank you very much for coming, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Thank you.